Yes, welcome back to Tradies. Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary taking you through the trading, the buying, and the selling of AFL players. Season 1, episode 14, which is good because it means, Mitch, the lights haven't been turned off yet. No, and it's good also because it means it's round 14 and we're in the midst of buys, which usually means things start to move a little bit. Jeez, it's boring time of the year. As in, like, Wait, footy, footy-wise. Give it two weeks and there's going to be na- fresh names. Oh, no, emerging. no. I mean, just, you know, like, going to the footy and just have a week off. This, this spread it out over a month. It's but wouldn't that be more boring? What, one week off? Yeah. We could all just, we, we could all have a holiday. I know that you would struggle to breathe. Like, yeah. you would struggle to locate oxygen in the air if there was a weekend without football. But, but other oh, people could just be people, normal and just have a go, week oh, off. it's boring at the moment, but there's still footy on to watch. Just But if you have one week off... Then we're back to having nine games at weekend instead of this bullshit six a weekend. No, I don't mind it because it, it, it means there's no, you don't no mind it. there's no overlap games. Um, how was your weekend? It's busy. I did the double on Saturday night into Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlton Essendon and was I really, do, I've got some mail about you, Carlton. Essendon really too. impressed by the crowd actually on that night. I reckon they've got. I reckon they've stumbled across, not stumbled, because a lot of work has gone into the. They've uh, they've found a nice niche in the fixture, and surprised that no team has been able to do the King's Birthday Eve game before now, or the Queen's Birthday yep. Eve game before now. So I've got some mail on you from pregame, but I'll, I'll take you through what happened to me first. So I got there oh, just before seven, I reckon, as a punter. As a punter, yep, went with a mate, and Car- excited Carlton fans rocking up to see how the blues are going to go. You would have been outside yeah. the ground to see the cups and see all the nostalgia from years gone by. No, I just got there as late as I possibly could and yep. snuck in and uh, I got in the lift on the way up and who's in the lift? Will Setterfield. <laughs> G'day, Sam. G'day, Will. How are you going? Yeah, when are you back from injury? Uh, well, you know, I wish it was tonight. Be good to get a win against the old mob, blah, blah, blah. First time you've spoken to him or? No, no, no I've met him before, but first time since we started tradies. And so even when you spoke to him that previous time, you didn't realise how tall he was because you would have been looking quite a bit up to him. Well, can you let me finish my story, please? <laughs> and uh, he gets off level two. I'm going one up. And I turned to my mate Bobby and said, shit, he's tall. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, so I'd be 186, 187. Or, what's that, 6'2". And he's properly taller than me. <laughs> he's not a short man. I actually bumped into him in the rooms after the game and he was flat because he was obviously playing against Essendon, playing against his old team. He would yep. love to have been out there. Yep. Did he reference the fact, and for those listening for the first time or just tuning in, earlier in the season, Sam and I had a bit of a debate around the height of Will Setterfield. And that well, because you're talking about that he was Essendon a missing piece. Ne- needed bigger midfielders. Yeah. And you said, well, Will Setterfield's a big midfielder. And I said, yeah. no, he's not. <laughs> and he is. Any interaction around that or did you No, no, I it? didn't bring it up. Yeah. What was I going to say? Geez, you're taller than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> he might just, not have been a tradies fan. You know, he might have thought, what are you talking about, you weirdo? Just quickly, their midfield is just quickly. humming right now. Yep. No so, set of field, Parrish or Shield, and they get it done against Carlton. They had a midfield pretty much at full strength. So ju- just on, just quickly. So almost the same time that I run into Will, so 6.43 on Sunday, Yeah, I get, and this is great for radio because I'm about to show you my phone to prove, I get a, sent a photo of you about to do your cross. <laughs> From a mate of mine who's five rows back. I know what this is about. In their memories, right? And he's he said to me, spotted just quickly Cleary, <laughs> which I really enjoy. Is it? Was this the same mate that had referenced me being the just quickly guy? As, same mate. Before? Same mate. Yeah, he's on to you. And that's 6.43. 6.49, right? So I think I've just spoken to Will and I'm heading towards where my seat's. Mitch just got shot on by a bird before <laughs> his cross. Left forearm hit him right there. If that doesn't make tradies, I'm done. So I'm reading it out. Here we are. You got that hit. Is you got struck. 
100% factual. Well, Toby doesn't get anything wrong. He's a facts man. I was about 45 seconds from my cross in the zone, staring down the barrel, doing final comms checks. And I felt it go on my hair and like half on my hair, the left side of my head, then onto the forearm. Wow. So he nailed it. And you know, like we're 10 metres from the boundary line. Yes. And you're getting heckled all the time. Did, did before, anyone no see it? No one mentioned it. Oh, I, I couldn't believe it. You were $1.01, I thought, to get heckled I about. thought for sure. People are yelling out at you before your crosses because you're right front row. People have had a few beers by that stage. Hmm. Particularly on a public holiday. Yeah. yeah. You know, usually you get asked for B- – people love the B rules. Do you across the B rule? Uh, I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, not really across it. It's no. just a photo thing, isn't it? You, you take the photo for them and it's an instantaneous front and back of the camera thing. Right. People love them on the boundary. Sure. So I thought – hey, hey, Sorry, can we can we just stop that for a second? <laughs> Are you claiming that you get selfies, selfie requests from people on the boundary? People when, love when, doing when you're shit. When you're walking around. I don't think it's a fact it's me. I think it's just You don't think they're that, asking sort of Patrick Cripps and – Charlie Kerno and yeah, they are, big, but they never go near them. So I'm the, I'm the easiest, cheapest option. I see. Okay, if you've ever asked Mitch Cleary for a B reel, can you just hit us up at Tradies, please? We'll be inundated at Tradies Podcast. I don't reckon it's it's ever happened. Um, so let me get this straight. Because a few weeks ago, you got rained on before or during your cross mm-hmm. when you weren't prepared with an umbrella. Now you've been shat on. Yeah, I feel like that's two strikes for you. Yeah. and the life cross. <laughs> I don't know what, what else can fall from the sky and land on you. And we have the little alcohol Apart cleaners. Apart sense. <laughs> the little alcohol cleaners for the earpieces and like for the to make sure the equipment's all clean for, for the next use. Mm. It didn't really do the trick, so I was sort of half trying Did you to... have a floor manager with you? No, you just you and the cameraman at, at this stage. Right, and who was the camo? Uh, Matt Poitovan from and, Seven News. And did he see it? He saw it and sort of laughed and then went and grabbed me one of these wipes and I was had to change hands on my... It was all... It is, it is semi-seriously, it's meant to be good luck, is it not? It is. Yeah, because yeah. it never happened to me, and that makes sense. So has anything lucky happened to you since? Um, Did you get lucky? No, sorry, I'll re- rephrase that. Have you, have you, <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Good evening to Kate. Oh, I'm going to uh, leave that through to the keeper. Ha- have you had any luck in your life since then? Um, probably not. Oh, that's less exciting. All right, well, before Just we get- Just quickly. To- <sighs> Shit, Yes. Is it actually? Yeah. Oh. I love watching footy classified on a Monday, especially when you're on. Don't be sarcastic. I get enough of that from Hutchie. <laughs> he was very sarcastic it's last two week. weeks in a row. Ran sl- Sam Slam. Yeah, two weeks in a row. He's on watch. The stinger needs a bit of work, by the way. That photo of you that looks about 12. Well, I look athletic in the photo because the body's clearly not me. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of quietly sticking with it. It did prick my ear last night when you were talking about Carlton and the pressure on Voss and everything coming for the club. Yes. And you referenced the heat for the Blues on social media. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking, well, you've been very public on this show about not being on Instagram and Twitter. Did you get this passed on? Do you have a burner? How did this sort of get relayed to you? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because I was sitting there during my show at the MCG watching Seven News on mute, watching the number one reporter for football at Seven, Kate Massey, yep. doing a cross on some of the social media stuff <laughs> about Carlton. Very good answer. Yeah, You weren't expecting that, it's were good you? good to get your news from Seven News. A lot of Melbournians do. Well, the uh, I, I couldn't find a remote. I, I obviously... <laughs> prefer to watch Nine News because it's the better news service, but uh, we digress. Before we get started, make sure you hit or follow that subscribe button. Don't miss a beat. And also make sure you rate and review the pod to the whiteboard we go. Mitchell, do you want to start? I want to start with an eagle that is contracted and has multiple years left on his contract, and his name is Tom Barass, a key back who at 28 in October 
would be the cornerstone that the Eagles would like to build their next three or four years around. So, think. yeah, just before you go on with that, for people who haven't watched a lot of West Coast recently, and, you know, they've been poor for a while, so there would be a few of our listeners, where would you put, if you were if you were doing a list, Mitch, where would you put Barass in so far as, uh, you know, best player combined with most important for the medium terms? Probably Oscar Allen's at one. He's on the podium. It's either, it's Allen a clear one for me. Yep. And then given his age. Yep. What is he, 23? 24, yeah. Or 23, yep. Um, and Barras turning 28 in October. He'd be on the podium. Yep. Um, last year's best and fairest at the Eagles. A premiership player in 2018. Yeah, Ruben Jinby is an up-and-coming midfielder. An early pick is around the mark. But for me, Barras, given his key position, they don't grow on trees, is right up there. Okay, so talk us through Barras, because you've been quite critical and you've been at the forefront of this story about West Coast's list, and because they held on for them too long, some of these stars have lost their appeal in trade value. Like, the potential of losing Barras would be a disaster, right? Yeah. So where's this coming from? I think it's coming from the fact that other clubs are seeing that as well and that they know West Coast. And Adam Simpson's been very vocal, especially on the weekend, saying that we need to turn this list list over quick and we're going to be younger. We're going to get younger and they need to go to the draft and attack the draft. He basically said that after that loss on the weekend. Other clubs identifying that there's not much value left in Gaff. There's not much value left in Darling. None left in Nick Nat. Barras is one that could appeal to pull him out and still could have massive impact on for a rival club. So this is the sinking ship sending out the distress call and people offering life rafts. Yes. And they're saying Perfect if, if, if Barras will, will jump onto it. Yep. Okay. So I'll take you back to the end of 2021. Sydney had a look at him in the trade period and I reckon his head was turned slightly. I don't think he was ever out the door at the Eagles. In fact, he signed a five-year deal just two months later in December to commit his long-term future to the Eagles. But I Probably think that- helped by the fact that Sydney made him an offer. Yeah. And a lot of players often use that to then go back to their existing club and like people and, doing their workplaces all over Melbourne. Well, and, and so they should. The average yeah. AFL career is less than five seasons, so they should leverage. Yeah. Yeah. So go on. So he signs an ex- a big extension. Extension uh, that keeps him locked in at the Eagles until the age of 32, 33. But right now, multiple clubs have told me that there are rivals trying to prize this guy out of the Eagles, knowing that he has value. And as a first round pick, the Eagles don't have much to play with on their list and they need to work fast on this rebuild. Now, Sydney clearly need a key back. I think they've asked the question again. Okay. But with their own situation, I think a free agent would appeal to them more given the fact they don't have to give up a pick. If Brass was to be prized out of the Eagles, given he's got four years left on his contract, I think it'd have to be at least a top 10, 12 pick. Have to be. Yeah. Given because, he was all Australian. Because you lose him. Conversation last year. We know where McGovern's at with his career. Yeah. Like who do they have down back to, to, to plug the holes? And for prospective recruits, right? That's the one thing the Eagles can hang their hat on right now. You've got Allen at one end and Brass on the other. The bookends are actually the only thing sort of hanging around for the Eagles right now. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to walk out the door, but there are calls coming hard and fast for this guy to come out of the Eagles. And that's that's rife among clubs. And usually at this time of the year, these names start to emerge and clubs are talking about this guy. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate here because just to put on the record, I think West Coast should keep Barras or do everything they can to keep yeah. him. There's some sliding door moments here. If Himmelberg leaves and the Giants likely get a top 10 pick for him, the Giants are going to offer those three top 10 picks for pick one yep. to get Harley Reid. Now, that's been around for a while. If West Coast can turn pick one into three top 10 picks and they end up with another top 10 pick for Barras, right? Let's just say they try to keep him, but ultimately it doesn't work. You end up with four picks, say, inside eight. Mm. That really has the potential to uh, expedite yeah. a rebuild. 
like Adam Simpson was on the record after that loss to Adelaide on the weekend saying in one to two years' time, yep. we're going to be the youngest team in the comp. Yep. Now, the question is, do you do that with Harley Reid or do you do it with three guys and you yep. hope that two of them end up being just as good? Yeah. Plus another pick that you get for Barrett. It's, it's appealing. And they've got like- form, right? So last year they had that scenario with pick two. They could have taken Harry Sheasel, but they saw that he was a Vic- Victorian Metro kid and more likely after a couple of years to want to play his football in Victoria. Yep. Not saying he would have necessarily done that, but that was the Eagles' view. So they split it and they got Ruben Jinby. They got Elijah Hewitt and it gives him a bit more playing assets for this year's draft. Yep. Now, Barras has settled in WA. He's got young family. Uh, it would take a lot for a club to pull him out. But these are the sort of conversations going on. A bit like your few a few weeks ago, your Chankwath-Jath scenario at Hawthorne, that yep. clubs sort of sit around and think, you know, who are some guys we can target from rival clubs that might, and given the Sydney scenario happen around. Yeah, that their heads could be turned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you go up and add Tom Barras to the whiteboard. That's double R, double S. I know you struggle with spelling in from previous times. And add on my side, a guy who's not a player, but he's going to be a big player in the trade periods to come, and that is Chris Davies at Port Adelaide. Now, a lot of the talk around Port has been the obvious one, and that is Ken Hinckley. And we're starting to get towards air raid sirens here because we're talking about coaches' contracts and not players' contracts. But for those who don't know, and there would be some of our listeners who concentrate more on the field than off, Chris Davies is probably the most highly regarded head of football in Clubland. You, you feel free to correct me, Mitch. No, if, and, if, and if he's not, he's made, on the podium. The AFL has made multiple players to have him in Brad Scott's position previously. Yes. Uh, they've wanted to entertain that, but he's been steadfast in wanting to stay at Port to see through the next phase with Ken Hinckley. Yes. I don't think Ken Hinckley will be coaching Port next year, but it's subject to change. Who knows what's going to happen the next... 10 weeks. I think that right now there are clubs coming left, right, and center for Chris Davies to okay. run, their, run their footy department. Carlton are clearly one who are going to be mentioned in these circles because they're struggling. And Essendon are clearly going to be another one. Brad Scott was kind of thrown in there with Josh Marnie, who was already there. Josh Marnie's already looked at applying for the AFL job once before. So there's know, a tension with the Doro and Marnie. Tension with the Doro. So so, you know, Josh is a really good footy person. He won't struggle to find a job. But if if he leaves Essendon, which I think is a decent chance, again, subject to change depending on what happens with Essendon and who knows what they do in the finals potentially. Um he's an obvious one to go in there. Look, Chris Davies working as the head of footy next to Brad Scott's a pretty formidable looking team. Yep. And I reckon just quickly on that just quickly. Brad Scott would have been head of the competition committee at the AFL when Chris Davies was a member of that competition Correct. committee. I'm just trying to find the link, and Correct. that's one that instantly jumps to mind. And they are not going to be the only two clubs. You know, that if Chris Davies suddenly made sounds that he was looking at moving to uh, from Port Adelaide. Or at the AFL EGM role yeah. that's available that, that Brennan Gale has been heavily linked to. Yeah, I just think I just think that ends up being Gale. I just think that makes sense. Although, you know, he's been, you know, he's had to sit on another grenade in the last 48 hours with the story that you've been all over with Marlon Pickett, who I know you want to talk about just quickly before uh, we get to the next segment. But yeah, I think players are getting more attuned, Mitch, when there's the potential to move clubs to not just who am I going to play with, Uh but who is the footy department that I'm going to be working under. And a senior head of football and a coach with runs on the board or a coach with, you know, a significantly clear and precise game plan are very attractive to players wanting to move club. Now, to be able to get Chris Davies in, who not only has a great record of getting players across the line, has a great record of taking teams into finals, but he's also seen as a very calm head. I think that is appealing to players, and that's why I've been wanting to put him on the whiteboard for a few weeks. But I've been in fear of judgment, yeah. mainly from you, because you're very judgmental. And... The fact that you didn't laugh at that sort of concerns me. I thought you would have 
you're not. No, pro- I, I, I love, as Scotty, our producer mentioned, I love front office stuff. Like, this is. Mm. Is this front office or back office? It's front office, and that's what they call it in the NBA, isn't it? So what's wrong with that? More we, and more basketball. We, we made a promise to our <laughs> yes, listeners that we would not talk about the NBA ever again. So I am keeping that promise. What happened again today? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say. Playoffs have been good. Yeah, Nikola let's, Jovic. Yeah, let's just stop there. That's it. <laughs> Ring the siren, please. <laughs> that was a wind-up. So he goes on the whiteboard. For me. On Chris Davies, I want to ask you though. Another just quickly. What will that mean for Port Adelaide? Because they're targeting Ben Mackay at North. Yeah. Basavar Adeglia is out of contract still and they went after him at the end of last well, year. Well, this 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 comes to your point again last week about, you know, like with Ken under these one-year contracts, how does it affect players coming and going? I don't think Chris Davies is the type that would leave a club high and dry. But having said that, if he was going to move, the club who wants him, who wants to get him would want him before the trade period, right? Mm-hmm. Because they would want his say on the direction they needed to go with the list. So, you know, the, the, the air's pretty thin up top, Mitch. This is, this is pretty hard when you get to these big positions. You keep telling me that, yeah. Well, I've never experienced the air up there. Uh, anyway, before we get to a point I think you want to make on Marlene Pickett, can I just quickly touch on Chad Wingard? Yep. Who I put on the whiteboard a few weeks ago now. Played VFL on the weekend, kicked one goal, two, had 14 disposals. I went for, you might be able to look this up better than I. I'm, I haven't looked this stuff up for a long time. I couldn't find him ever playing twos before. I no, couldn't I'll find li- a record of him playing the, in the SANFL. I heard him speaking on ABC Radio. He oh. does a show where he's been a guest panellist with Corbin Middlemass uh, for a number of weeks. Love on, Corbin. Uh, fantastic operator. One, one of the best and most underrated media personalities in the business. Yeah. Sorry, go on. He, he was, was doing a set segment. Chad was saying he hasn't played reserves. Ever. Since he played for Sturt in the under-18. So there you go. Right. So that's why I couldn't find a record of him yeah. playing in the twos. So he hadn't. And for me, Mitch, not to not to go back and say I told you so, but like just to go back over while we put him on the whiteboard mm. to, to start with, he I don't think he's playing the way Sam Mitchell wants his players to play. And, you know, I, I, ju- I just think it makes sense for, for both parties if he moves on at the end of the year. Yeah. I don't know if you think that there's a club that would be beneficial for him but or, or would suit him trade value-wise, but I, I, I think he's still got good footy left in him. I'll look at Carlton sitting there like you did on the weekend watching that Carlton-Essendon game and think their biggest hole from what I saw was that 70 to 90 metres out, that last kick in zone 50, as Michael Voss alluded to post-game, they lacked polish going forward and... He has got polish. Yeah. When fit. Yeah. Jeez, like, people would come for Carlton if they brought a player like Chad Wingard in at his age. Yeah, that's the problem. But if they tell us they're all in and their list What's he demographic. Worth? Like oh. Carlton don't have a pick between their first and their fourth, right? Future third. Third. Like it's it's not gonna well, take if you much get him out for of a, If you get in for a future third, then you do it. He's thirty in a in a week, in a month. Anything you want to add before I launch a new segment? New segment? I'm launching a new segment. Hang on. So I've been quiet for a while. I thought I'd, I thought I'd bring something to that. So table. I was berated for launching one, but... Well, Micro Mitch sort of hasn't really lasted, has it? There needs to be something micro to it, talk about. It's a bit like Sam Slam on Footy Classified. It's sort of a bit of lower level. <laughs> That's just repeating what Hutchie said about Sam Slam last night. Yeah, well, when you get bullied, you tend to you tend to then be, be the bully. <laughs> Hit me. Uh, have you got anything before? Marlon Pickett. Yes. Been in news since... Sunday night when we very that story, sad story to read. We with that story on Seven News on Sunday night. Yep. Right now he's out of contract. Thirty-one-year-old will start next year at the age of thirty-two. Now a lot of people would think, given everything going on, Richmond could easily be inclined to just part ways with him at the end of this year. They're going to play him after the buy, despite he's been bailed and on serious allegations. Twelve. Yep. 
offences he's facing yep. in a Perth court, which next we heard in August. But we reported tonight on 7 News that he's actually just two games away from hitting a contract trigger that will guarantee him for 2024. Are you bringing sloppy seconds to this podcast? Well, we went with that about an hour ago on the news. Oh, goodness. Our poor listeners. He's played 12 games. The contract trigger is for 14 games, which guarantees him a deal for 2024. Do we know what kind of cash this will oh, be looking at? It'll be just under the average wage, I reckon. Right, so called 350. Yeah, 250 to 350, I reckon. Okay. On the max when you play games. I'm saying that because... So you th- are you trying to what I'm saying imply is that, that Richmond have a decision to make with whether they want to trigger that? There's that. Yeah. But also, he's got two games when he comes back, two games in nine weeks to hit a contract trigger, which he's played all 12 up until this point. You yep. think he hits it. Yeah. So my, my biggest point here is that people will think, oh, you know, he's 31, he's had his success at Richmond. Maybe it's just easier for Richmond to wipe their hands of this guy. Mm. They're actually going to be contractually binded to him if he plays two more games when he's back from the buy. Now, people will say, well, if he's convicted on these very serious charges, the contract would be ripped up, no doubt. If these allegations are proven true, it's hard to see him playing AFL football. But Richmond have said today, speaking to Brendan Gale in that press conference, that they expect these charges and these court proceedings to go for years. So there's every chance we come to round one of 2024 and Marlon Pickett's Court, next court date is, is months and months in advance. Yeah, there's lots of layers to it. You're right. I think, I mean, it's why they're, they're lucky that they've got someone like Brendan Gale there because he spoke eloquently today. He's entitled to the presumption of innocence. Absolutely. And, and I think they just, they stick to that. He wants that week off to get his head clear. Yep. They play him as a Richmond player. Yep. If something changes through the delay of the land with courts, then it changes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So this is every chance this is going to be rolling on for 12, 18 months in advance. Yep. And he's playing through 2024 with this court Still dragging on. You done with just quickly? Yep. Oh, I'm just launching a new segment. Oh, yes. That gets me excited. I like the sound of this. So this is one of the segments that we pitched. Uh, when I say we pitched, you and I talked about <laughs> before the pod um, started. And we said that we weren't going to do it until there was something genuine to look at. Because otherwise you end up just kind of like throwing stuff in from press conferences in the week that don't really fit. So this segment's only going to pop up probably like Micro Mitch, only when it really needs to. Yep. Well, it's taken 14 weeks. I clearly didn't really have strong sort of resounding, overwhelming success in the pre-season meeting. Fair point. Okay. So let me just tell you what grinds my gears a little bit in footy. When things start going wrong, often you hear two different sides. That is the players start telling their family and friends that, well, the coaches don't know what they're doing. And the footy staff start briefing the media that, well, we're doing everything we can, Ah. but uh, the players aren't really putting it on the field, right? So just just for our listeners, what does a briefing call sound like? You're sitting there having a coffee on a Tuesday morning. Oh, my phone's ringing. Yep. Yep. This has happened many times. So phone rings. Oh, I haven't heard from this bloke in a minute. Yeah. G'day, uh, g'day, Mitch. How are you? Uh, yeah, good, Sam. Look, mate, I just are you unclassified tonight? Yep, yeah. Look, I just just thought if we come up, just thought there, there are a couple of things that just need to need a bit of context, right? You know, we went to the draft three years in a row. You know, we felt like we've 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 built the right kind of, and you know, mate, we got it wrong. And you know, this player didn't work out for us. And we had to trade this bloke, and this bloke we had to sever his contract. And you know, so I just thought if it comes up, you know, just just better if you're armed with the facts. You know, it's like it, it's usually that. Yep. So it has been really clear that there are senior people at Carlton who are telling people that, well, we're just not sure we've got the right list. Well, no one was saying that last year when you were eight and three. Yeah. And things were looking okay the latter part of the year when you basically just had to like fall over the line to play finals. You were beating Melbourne and lost. You were beating Collingwood and lost. 
This isn't long ago. It's the exact same group of players. And if you were in any doubt what Carlton went into this year thinking, this is their head of list management, Nick Austin, after trade and free agency last year. Bit of a different trade period for the club compared to previous years, mate. Um, quieter on the acquisitions front. What does that say about the profile of the list right now? Yeah, we, we really want to back our list in and back our talent in. And you know, we've got a game plan there that, that the footy club believes in, in the direction that we're going. Um, a quiet trade period, yeah, we've, we've been in that path the last couple of years. And to keep going back to that well does destabilise a little bit. Um, there's no secret that retention was a big focus for us. You know, retaining Harry and Charlie, um, taking them off the free agency table ahead of time was really important. So that was a huge focus. We targeted Blake Akers in that wing role from a fair way out. And, um, to tick that off, we think we've added to our group and we're looking forward to get to work and um, keep building on what was created last year. Mitch, this is not a club saying, look, uh, we think we're on the right track and hopefully things go well and, you know, like we've been to a couple of drafts. This is a club saying we've been deliberately pretty quiet. We went out and filled a spot on the wing, which we needed, but the biggest part of our of our strategy yep. was keeping our guns. Yep. Mackay and Kerno, tick, tick, year before that, they made sure they, they got Crips, tick, year before that, Weedering, tick. This is a club that said, we've built our pillars, we've been to the draft, we've topped up with free agency, we are ready to go. And we've spent our money, we've gone and got Williams, hmm. we've gone and got Saad, and we're ready to go. Three months in, they are bottom four, mm. and I'm getting people stopping me at the 7-Eleven saying, just not sure they've got the players. It's like, what? How have you been brainwashed? <laughs> like... It makes no sense. By the way, this isn't me saying that Carlton have the best list in the competition. They clearly don't. But don't sit there and tell me that they're a club that shouldn't be playing finals. It's embarrassing. And they told us that last year when they didn't attack the trade period. They went and found what they thought was a need in, yeah. in Blake Acres. They went to the draft and used their first round pick on Ollie Hollands, who's played some pretty good footy for a, for mm-hmm. a first year kid. Mm-hmm. But they were ready to go. And that's what they told us last year. And that, that grab there confirms it. Now, for their form this year, that's got to be on the coaching staff and the footy department. That's not so much on the list. The list management team have done everything they have. Or are you saying. Oh, no, no. So, sorry. Yeah, let me be clear. This isn't me having a go at Nick Austin. Yeah. The, the, I think Nick oh, Austin's done oh, his job. I think Nick Austin has put together, and a little bit of it was Stephen Silvani before him. I think Nick Austin and Mick Agresta have put together a list which is raring to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, they don't drive the car around the track for him. They just fill the petrol and build the parts. Yeah. That's just me saying that Carlton, at the end of last year, everyone was aligned. You know, we had a shocking second half of the season. We had blokes go down with injury, which they did. We, we got to the end of the year, we ran out of gas. But all we needed to do was go and fill the spot in the wing. We did that, Blake Akers, got him pretty cheap, future second, we're ready to go. Now they're, they're bottom four. And apparently the list is not good. Just got what all I'm saying to our listeners yeah, is yeah. you gotta be really careful and you've got to be really surgical in unpacking where this stuff comes from. Because it is about people protecting jobs. This is what this is. So just for for the layman, like me in this scenario, who is it that's briefing? Is it the list management team not, that's going out I'm there? Not, I'm not going into that because I'll get myself in trouble. Right. People can make up their own minds with that. But you know, the Carlton I read about is They've been bad since I've been born, right? The Carlton I read about was this ruthless Carlton who would make the tough decisions when it was necessary. I think and they used the word humility in their last business plan or strategic yeah. plan that you were really favourable on yeah. last well, night. Well, as I said, I'm classified on Monday. Just stop thinking about what, you know all these ridiculous things that you want to be and want to achieve. Just win, win games of footy. One more win on the Blues. Win. If those that are briefing now suggesting the list isn't as good, what do they do? Because they've spent their, they've spent their cash... Yeah, well, this is the thing. It's not as though you can go and suddenly like fix a list overnight. Mm. So are they really going to stick with the same bunch of people and try to regenerate the list again? Like Carlton have been down that path however many times in the last 
25 years. So I, I just I find it interesting. And Media Watch will be back Ooh. if we need. So just be careful. Just Hot be star. careful what you say about your club because we can always go back. Paddy Cripps is year 10 this year, still yet to play a final. It'd if they be, waste Kerno, Mackay, uh, Wiedering, Walsh at their prime, be it tra- would be a disaster. It'd be a, it'd be a travesty. It would be a travesty. And, you know, Paddy Cripps has carried that team for however many years. I'm not sure you can blame him. To be honest, I'm not blaming him. I'm no, just no, saying. No, no, I'm just saying that there are people out there saying, "Oh, we well, slowed down, and you know, Cripps is having a bad." He's had a poor fortnight. No, he's, he's had a poor year. Yeah, that, well, that's, that, that, that's okay. He, like he's he's entitled to be down on form, but he won the Brownlow Medal last year. Like he's got some credits in the bank. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's Media Watch Week One. I thought it was good. I thought it was a better start than Michael Mitchell, actually. <laughs> just as I sort of sit here and we'll just, sit, sit here and look at. We'll the decide if it's back next week. <laughs> but it was hot. I liked it. It's time good. for now. Nuts and bolts, batter up, Mitch. It's a nice little segue from the introduction of Media Watch into Carlton and a player they signed as part of that mini list rebuild or the, the splashing of cash given they had it. Yes. And that is Jack Martin. Ooh, plays against his old club this weekend. Yes. Against the Gold Coast. Jesus, it's a big game. Isn't it? Sunday uh, early at the G. Mm. Take you back to the end of 2018. Essendon had a look. Couldn't prize him out of Gold Coast. So he goes into 2019 as a Gold Coast son and has a – Pretty solid year. He plays 16 games, holds his own, starting to develop into what we think, given he was given up a lot for in the mini draft before he came into the AFL. Yep. Starting to show signs. But then at the end of that, he's out of contract, doesn't re-sign with Gold Coast, explores his options and wants to move to Victoria. There's Remembering three- he's from WA. He's from the yep. same place as Paddy Cripps and Jesse Hogan. Yep. Carlton come, offer him, and this at, don't forget at this stage, Carlton has a lot of room in its salary cap. Yep. The Bulldogs are heavily into him. He meets with the Bulldogs as part of this process. It's pretty much out of those two. Carlton dangled the offer of a five-year deal in front of him. He says to Gold Coast, I want to move uh, to the Carlton Footy Club as part of this. Gold Coast says, you're not moving unless we get a first-round pick out of it. Carlton are not willing to budge on a first-round pick for Jack Martin. Now, this is Stephen Silvani at Carlton. Yes. And Craig Cameron at the Suns. Yep. Yep. Carlton take Brody Kemp at 17 that year and Sam Philp at 20. Uh, Carlton's offer for Jack Martin at that stage was a second-round pick and a third-round pick. Gold Coast tell Carlton... Get stuffed. We don't need second and third round picks. We've got them. We need first round picks. And I don't mind that stance from the Suns, given what for they've sure. been through. And they it was almost a line in the sand for them. Yep. He'd met with the Bulldogs, but he was pretty a fair way down the path with Carlton. Eddie Betts was coming in. The indigenous factor of having a mentor like Eddie Betts to play next to sure. was was massive. Then he had Paddy Cripps, who actually played under 15s and under 16s rep footy with in WA. They had a connection, yep. and he wanted to play with Paddy Cripps. It falls down in trade period. Carlton go with that five-year deal, and they heavily front-end it, given the room they have in their salary cap. He earns around $1.1 to $1.2 million in the first year of a contract that's worth around $3 million over the life of the five-year deal. So an average of $600,000, but heavily front-ended. One, because Carlton had room in their cap to play with and they could accommodate it in that year, but also to keep others away, knowing that there's not many other clubs in that scenario that would have been able to absorb $1.1 million mm. up front in their, in their salary cap. Melbourne actually had a pick before Carlton, if you, if you remember. This is the year they took uh, Jackson and, and Pickett. They actually yep. had a pick before Carlton in the preseason draft that year. And there were murmurs about them taking him. They wanted to get in front of Jack Martin, but they couldn't get a meeting because he was too committed to Carlton and actually met with the dogs and was half open to that, but ultimately ended up committing to Carlton because of the bets and the Crips factor. Melbourne couldn't get a, uh, a meeting with him, and that's where Carlton said, well, geez, there's still a chance, theoretically, they could take him in the preseason draft because they have the pick before him. Yep. But they weren't in a position, given their salary cap, to match the terms of the 1.1 up front. He comes in at Carlton and, let's call a spade a spade, has 
struggled to get on the park and play consistent footy. Has showed flashes of brilliance, and I think he's clearly in their best twenty-two, even best dozen when he's up and going. My, I should have looked this up, knowing that you were going to do this before we came on. Am I right in saying that his first game for Carlton would have been in an empty MCG against Richmond, and he either kicked four or five on debut? It was empty, yep. In a loss. Because COVID had just hit. His first game, first year at Carlton would have been 2020. Kicked four goals, had 17 touches. Yeah, and I reckon everyone, I was about to say walked away from the ground. There's none on the ground. Everyone thought, wow, what a pickup. Yeah. You're right. It's been, uh, it hasn't worked. He has struggled for form. He has struggled with injury. He hasn't been able to get on the park consistently. But I am doing that deal if I'm Stephen Silvani oh. every day of the week. And I don't think cost them nothing. And we hear right now about Carlton's salary cap. I don't think you can attribute Jack Martin to the current concerns around their how tight their cap is and the lack of flexibility they've got because a lot of that money's already been absorbed. Yep. So if he's on six hundred thousand dollars on average, the back end of that's probably we're talking four five hundred. Every club are taking a risk on Jack Martin for six hundred yeah. grand a year. Yeah. When when they're not trading a pick for him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they were they were going to give him the same contract and give two picks away from him. Yeah. They got him for free and paid him the same. Like it's just. It's a no-brainer. And if I'm Gold Coast, I'm looking at that going second and third round picks. We don't need them. I think the Suns were well within their right to do what they did. So he got, he's got he got two more years on his deal after this? Is that right? You said, you said he signed for five in his first year. Was he signed for five. This is his fourth year, so he's got one more after this. 2021, 2022. How's my maths going? Yep, pretty yeah. well. One more after this. Now, I just did have a quick look at that draft. Had they quick know, second, third rounders? Chad Warner went at pick 39. Mm. But it's it's not seen as a, as a heavy loaded draft in that middle part middle parts I do want to though just talk about the prospect of taking a player through to the preseason draft because I don't think we've discussed it much on this show sure the threat is always there you hear clubs every trade period there's always one we'll just take this guy to the preseason draft but this year West Coast really should flex their muscle and do it we spoke earlier in the show about the need for them to attack the draft and go after early picks if they've got someone on the hook this year, you think the Eagles will finish 18th on the AFL ladder, so that will give them the first pick in the not only in the national draft but the preseason draft. You think if they've got a player out of contract on the hook, let's just call it so a, a Dev Robertson. Well, no, there's an obvious one who plays with Jack Martin, Mitch McGovern. Yeah, yeah, play with his brother. Like it's just the it's just the obvious one, isn't it? Because Carlton will want a decent pick for him. Yeah, and West Coast will say, well, we'll just we'll offer you a pick 55, and if you don't like that, then you know. We'll yeah. just take him in the preseason. We'll just walk him and comes and play with his, plays with his brother. Makes sense. Now clubs don't like doing it, clearly no, because it breaks down relationships and it's and it, it doesn't often frosty. It doesn't often happen. No, the threat's always there and it's spoken about a lot. The most famous one I reckon was Nick Stevens. Yep, who wanted to go to Collingwood and Port wanted Alan Didac the other way, and Port said, "Well, we're just not doing it." And Collingwood were like, "Well, you're not going to let him go to free, <laughs> you know." And Port were like, "Actually, you know, to your direct rivals, no, we will." Yeah. So Nick Stevens ends up going to Carlton in the preseason. Now, that's some would describe that as bloody minded, but I liked Craig Cameron's stance for Gold Coast. They didn't yeah. need more picks, so that they they played a game with a game of chicken with Carlton that they ultimately lost, but it didn't cost them much. And yeah. It didn't cost Carlton much either. I tell you what, if Jack Martin ended up being the player that Carlton thought he was going to be, that would have been harder to swallow for Gold Coast. Yes, that's true. So I'm saying West Coast of ten years ago would have done this. They would have been ruthless. Yep. They would have just gone to another club and said, we're doing this. Yep. Let's see how they do it this year because they're in a position to they clearly have the number one pick in that preseason draft. If they've got a player on the hook and they want to keep their draft picks, let's see if they want to do it this year. Well done. Nice edition of Nuts and Bolts. Let's go to Overs-Unders. Who you got? It's just a little watch around Cozzy Pickett. Oh, you're obsessed. Can you leave the bloke alone? I think he's one of the best small forwards in the comp. Don't, don't, put, the, don't put the car in reverse. <laughs> he's just... He- He's been quiet since he, he signed has, his contract. He, he has been very... He's, no, no, he's been poor. For a guy with his elite standards. Yeah. He's had a poor month. Poor month. But if they can turn, if he can turn it around, 
he's a big part of Melbourne as a top four team. So I'm saying just keep an eye on Cosie Pickett. Obviously, he was playing out of his skin before he signed that contract. It's just been a bit quiet since. Mitch, I want to talk about Gresham at the Saints, Jade Gresham. So free agent at the end of the year, signed a, a nice lucrative deal end of 2019. He's a restricted free agent, which means he's in the top 10 paid players at yep, the Saints. Yeah, top 25%. So he's he's probably on 650 plus, yep. and I might even be understating that. Right now has struggled for form. Like His form's gone the other way to Jack Sinclair, who's found a home at halfback. Yeah. Gresham can't quite find a home forward, can't quite find a home in the midfield. He's probably playing like an average wage player, maybe even below that. But say say he's a $650,000 player playing like a $400,000 player. It just means I'm just interested That's not unfair. through the prism of over-unders to see what kind of decision the Saints make at the end of the year. On yeah, him. and his body has been a bit up and down. He copped a, a bit of a yep. knee knock a few weeks back. He had the knee, obviously, last year. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of interest in the market for him. I, I, I don't think he'll be earning much less than that six fifty. This next going into next year from rival clubs if mm. you explore the market. Yep. And as always, if uh, if you've got some um, questions about over-unders or you've got your own suggestions, hit us up at Tradies Podcast with that handle on Twitter or Instagram, which Mitch is on, but I am not. Mm. Are you, how, how have you found your social media addiction recently? Uh, not too bad. You TikTok, still, I've been still, still, still going home from Saturday Scoop. On Saturday, after not breaking any stories and seeing what people are saying about Saturday Scoop. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> no, I had a. Did you cut, did you cut up rough then? I, don't, I, just don't, I think you're alluding to something that doesn't exist. I don't. What, has there been a hate for me on social media about Saturday Scoop? No, no, Scoop? but you talked. Like, was it last, last episode? You talked about how you sometimes go home after being on TV and oh, check yeah, your socials. But socials about a range of things, like not just the, not just the seven stuff. What what kind of other things? TikTok, inst- love scrolling Instagram. Do ya? Yeah. What what what's your go to? See what friends are up to. Yeah. Good way to keep in touch. Yeah. And what about TikTok? TikTok's amazing. It's it's airborne. Do I need to get on? I think so. Problem is, if I get on TikTok, it'll it's like it's a gateway back into everything else. Yeah. <laughs> then I want to get back on Insta. <laughs> then suddenly, oh, I'll, I'll be back on Twitter. You don't get much hate on TikTok. Oh, that's good. Mm. Uh, what's on this week? Any intense. Work in the newsroom for the rest of the week or hopefully quiet or... You just never know what tomorrow brings, Sam. Thank you, Yoda. I appreciate um, that. Hey, we you were quiet until Marlon Pickett broke, so yeah. that's changed the, the you know complete complexion of the week. Remember the number I told you that I was hunting for my column? Yes. So for those who didn't hear that episode, uh, I, was, I gave myself a task of hunting down probably the hardest number I ever have had to. Got it. Late through a source that I was not suspecting would help or come through. Got the number, rang it. <laughs> it rang. Yeah? International dial tone? Uh, no. Oh, actually, no, it was. Because, you know, it used to do the before and then ring. And you know. It doesn't do that now. No, it's just like a deeper tone. It's like, or no, I'll get the long. Yeah. It's like a Skype call. Remember Skype? Yeah. Anyway, that's. 10 seconds our listeners will never get back of me impersonating ringtones. Um, crazy, but, You would have been a crazy frog guy, wouldn't you? I don't know what that is. What just happened? <laughs> oh, were they the ringtones that like- You, you paid two bucks You paid like two bucks. Yeah, no, I never did that. Okay. I was late on the mobile phone scene. Right. Yeah. I, my parents wouldn't wouldn't let me have one until I was in year 11, I reckon. You are 11? Yeah. Were you born in the 70s? No, I was born in the 90s. I just, I, I had a quite a strict upbringing. I got my first phone when I was catching the school bus in year seven. I needed a way to communicate. Actually, yeah, what am I talking about? I, de- I definitely had a phone 
earlier than year 11. But year 11 is when I got my first prop. So my first phone would have been like a 2100, Nokia 2100, you know, the little blue ones. Yeah, yeah. You'd play Snake and you could send text. And But the first like proper phone where like you could go on the internet and stuff was a Sony Ericsson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're crude up there. I remember sending like the 20 cent text to get the cricket scores in summer. You know, you'd, you'd have to spend like 20 cents to get the, the latest cricket score. Yeah, I remember getting the Motorola V3 Razor and I was on three and it was when the test team oh, was sponsored yeah. and you could watch it on your, you know, like one megapixel. Like it was terrible. You couldn't see anything. You thought you, Jeez, you, thought you were mate, cool. You were cool with your mates there. Oh, yeah. And now you can basically do everything on your phone. Um, where were we getting to? Oh, the, the, ring, the phone call. Yeah, I rang. Yeah, that's it. It's the end of the story. It's, answer? Not, it's not a great story. No. No answer. No answer. No text. No, no text back. back? No. Nothing. No WhatsApp? Wasn't expecting. So just went. I was half more expecting to suddenly like have a black government car just start following start following me. Do you know I've been followed before? Really? Yep. How long ago? Last year. <laughs> Is that a hook into next week's show? Yeah, let's let's hold it. Thanks for listening again. Please follow Tradies on Spotify or iHeart or subscribe on iTunes wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to ask us a question, hit up at Cleary underscore Mitch on Twitter or via the Tradies Instagram and TikTok accounts at Tradies Podcast. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another Producey Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at producey.com. Thanks for tuning in.